The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. The culmination of the 2011 StarCityGames.com Open Series is coming up this weekend in Charlotte, North Carolina. On December 9th through the 11th, join hundreds of other players vying for an invitational slot in the Last Chance Grinders and stick around to battle it out in the standard Legacy and Draft Opens and compete for the glory, the money, and the prestige of moving up the ranks in the SCG Players Club. With side events galore and live coverage courtesy of SCG Live, it'll be an action-packed weekend that you won't want to miss. So make plans to join StarCityGames.com in Charlotte, and we'll see you there. Everybody and welcome to episode 89 of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco. I'm Big Hungry Joe. And uh, we're joined by special guest Eric Klug of Klug Alters. Hello. You may recognize him from John Medina's profile picture on Twitter. Um, and, and John also Medina's And, and uh, <laughs> a bunch of people's profile pictures on Twitter, like Mark Sun and uh, who else? He's in all those pictures? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. That's little, legit. It's all the uh, all every brush stroke is it's just a little piece of Eric. <laughs> um, so this weekend we have the Star City Games Invitational, and so I think that's pretty much the primary topic uh, of of the episode. Kind of um, the usual stuff, standard and legacy, and I don't think we'll talk modern today unless uh, unless it comes up kind of naturally. But um, we. Uh, we had the event this past weekend in St. Louis, and uh, probably the worst deck possible could have won for you, Joe, because yeah, <laughs> mono right. red wins, and that was exactly what you were planning on on playing at the Invitational. Um, Still planning on playing, right? Well, actually, let, let's, let's say that Eric, you're going to be at the Invitational, right? Yeah, but you won't be playing. No, I will be running a table. You will be you will be doing some altars. Yeah, so that's well, I'm super awesome. super excited. Love those events. Yeah, I mean, you've done a handful of them this year, right? Or maybe more, like 10 of them maybe this year? I don't know how many. Yeah, yeah something like 10. Yeah, that's awesome. So those those are pretty successful for you? Like, is that... Uh... Yeah, actually, uh, this this past month was the, the first month that I hadn't gone to an event. And uh, I was just kind of, like, learning uh, what it was like to be home for once. <laughs> yeah. It's just... Uh, it, well, th- they actually kind of didn't have as many events... In the last month, it seemed like. I mean, right. it, I guess just Worlds and uh, San Diego, GP San Diego, I think it was just kind of all those kind of kept uh, the Star City events off the calendar a little bit. But uh, now we're, we're back with the, the biggest event of the year, I guess. I, well, since there's two of them now, I, I, I wonder about that. Like, I guess it's just as big as – I guess it's – yeah, it's not bigger than the one that was in June. But it seems bigger because it's at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, I'll be there, but I won't be playing. I'll be doing the commentary for SCG live. So only one of the three of us will actually be playing. And it's the one probably with the least skills, which is awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really pumped to be 
qualified for such an incredibly high value tournament based off of zero merit. I love it. <laughs> I love how like qualified. It doesn't really sound like I'm not actually qualified, but I'm invited. That's really the- I'm not qualified. I'm invited. Exactly. <laughs> right. I'm hardly qualified. <laughs> yeah. You get the uh, the the writer invite is actually why you're uh, you're invited. Just for those that are wondering. So. Uh, <laughs> I love the writer. I, I think the quotation marks around writer are even bigger than the word. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like I get to talk to my friend on the phone once a week, and that's why I'm qualified. Sweet. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, you, uh, you're still planning on Mono Red? Uh, y- no. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Nobody's going to be playing Mono Red there. Well, so, I mean – any sort of mono red hate is completely unnecessary. There you go. For those of you listening who are playing in the Invitational, nobody is playing mono red. Uh, it's completely fallen out of favor and therefore uh, unnecessary to prepare for. So yeah, despite the uh, the information that Joe is trying to disseminate, the false information, uh, Denny Dowdy won in St. Louis playing mono red versus Ryan Waller, who was playing humans. There were three illusions decks, <clears throat> two humans decks. In the in the top eight, and then just a red deck, a Grixis control deck, and a Delver deck. Um, so it, it like when I looked down at the deck lists, it looked like a whole bunch of blue white decks. But then you realize, oh, they're they're blue white aggro decks. It's kind of really, it's it's kind of strange. And in, in fact, just that Grixis deck is the lone real control deck. I think uh, the Delver deck kind of has elements of control. I mean, it plays counter spells. And I get, but then I guess so do the some of the uh, the blue white decks. But really, it seems like such an aggro heavy top eight. Um, the format just seems like it's very. People just want to be playing creatures, which is just weird. <laughs> weird for you. <laughs> You're like, why would you play more than four creatures in a deck? <laughs> yeah, if they don't, if, if, and that's it. Uh, well, I was gonna say if they don't, uh, you know. Give a draw instant, card or something. If, yeah, or if they don't give an instant <laughs> flashback. <laughs> right. So, all right. So, J- Joe, seriously, like, so with uh, h- how similar? I mean, is your mono red list pretty much set in stone, or are you uh, still no, tweaking it's, it's, it? Or it's what? hardly set in stone. And um, this has actually been a, a point of debate uh, between me and Travis. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis, uh, Travis's argument is that I shouldn't be trying to innovate with mono red. Um, cause it's mono red. I should just play the best available list. But to me, I feel like the list that is presented is the list that people are going to prepare for. And I don't think that, you know, making a couple changes is, is, is innovating too much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I, I'm, I mean, like I'm playing the cards that I like, like for instance, he thinks reckless wave is terrible. I think reckless wave is like the second best card in the deck, you know? Yeah. Um, and and so that and actually reckless wave I think would be the center of our disagreement yeah. <laughs> with the deck. He's like, don't play that card. I'm like, I guess I can play two. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, I guess I can run six Stromkirk nobles essentially. You know what I mean? But like, you play one of those on turn one, and they pass, and you get a three two. I mean, like you attack for three on turn two. Like I would play Rift Bolt. I would play Lava Spike. You know what I mean? Like it's like a red Delver of Secrets, which is a blue flying wild nacoddle. So right, right, right. Exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, you'd play wild nacoddle, right? And like, even if I can't 
even if they go turn one, let's say doomed traveler, right? Mm. I go turn two, flip, pass, and I have mana up for burn spells. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I mean, I, I say turn two, pass, flip. I mean, yeah, I, I was going to say, what do you mean? Yeah. Um, and then so like worst case or best case scenario, you know that they attack me with the doom traveler, which they wouldn't. But I've got arc trails. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Um, I think I think the card's really good. I think the card, if it's not being played, it's because people are underrating it. They're like, oh, it's a werewolf. That's cute, but it's not good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think I think the card's really good. I like I, it. I, I think right now, so much of the format is vulnerable to gut shot, and that just plays right into that too. You know. Yeah, I'm not super convinced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eric, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on all that? Uh, I mean, I I the problem is there's so many other good one drops in red right now, and like uh, even though they're they're all pretty bad top decks, I think Reckless Wave would probably be the worst of all of them. <laughs> Whereas, like you know, you'd much prefer to a uh, top deck like a Fire Slinger or a. Uh, uh, Grim Lava Mancer with them at low life. Sure. Well, I mean, I have Lava Mancer too. I have sure. two of them. I'm running two Lava Mancers. Um, Even uh, Goblin Arsonist seems good because, like I said, the, so much of the format is vulnerable to gut shot. Arsonist is sort of a gut shot that sits on the table. Arsonist can't trade with a Geist of Saint Draft. I think. Yeah, I think the other problem is like, how often are you really flipping him? Like, I mean, if you're if you're on the play, you have a better chance, but everyone is still playing Gutshot, and everyone is still playing Delver. So it's like, how often is he going to flip? Yeah, it, it's, I mean, I don't know. Go ahead, he Joe. flips pretty often. Like, uh, um, as someone who's who's played him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, he, he flips pretty often, and, like, you <clears throat> don't need to, or you don't need to wait for your opponent to not cast spells to flip it. And your deck runs a lot of instant speed removal. So, you know, if they gut shot it, that's a gut shot that they didn't gut shot my Stromkirk noble with or, or something else. You know what I mean? I don't know. Or, or a grim lava mancer later that probably would be more worthwhile to gut shot. I mean, but it's a must answer thing. Like I, that, that's the thing is that you have to gut shot it or it's going to hit you for three. And, if I can get in there once with it for three, again, if Lava Spike was legal, I'd be playing it. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. if, if Rift Bolt was legal, I'd be playing it. Um, so getting in there once for three for one red seems worth it to me. You know, if they gut shot it before it flips, I mean, fine. That's something else that they can't gut shot later. So I don't know. What what other cards are you... Uh... Are you thinking about playing that haven't seen much play recently? Are there are there any more? Or there's nothing else that's really like, um, like crazy not, rogue. Yeah, nothing crazy. <laughs> I'm thinking about main decking dismember because I brought the like I played in the uh, in the GPT mm-hmm. um, on Sunday and did horribly. Um, Where was that? But I, I think I could have done a little better. I scooped to Lloyd. Where where was the GPT? Oh, it was at Xanadu Games. Oh, okay, okay. Um, That's what I thought. And uh, so I did really bad, but um, I scooped to Lloyd round four uh, because I felt like he had a better chance of top eighting at that point than I did. And then round five, I 
like was going to scoop to my other opponent because I just didn't feel like playing cards anymore. And then he wanted to scoop to me. <laughs> so so we just drew. You, you <laughs> like, played a game so the winner could scoop. Is that? <laughs> we, we were just like, we were like, okay, we'll just both get those Planeswalker points. So that one precious Planeswalker point. Yeah, it's funny, like uh, Eric, how you mentioned about the how many one drops Red has available right now, and I just did a search for. Uh, Red creatures in standard that cost one, and there's nine of them, and only really uh, one or two of them don't see much play. Well, I mean, Reckless Waif doesn't see much play, but Slag Fiend and then Goblin Gavalier. But other than that, Furnace Scamp, Goblin Arsonist, Goblin Fire Slinger, Grim Lava Mancer, Reckless Waif, Spike Shot Elder, Stromkirk Noble. It's like, wow. Yeah, I mean, and that's just the creatures. Like, I'm looking at the uh, the Star City page with the top eight, mm-hmm. and the average converted mana cost of that deck is 1.15. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Wow. That's ridiculous. See, then, in that case, like, looking at that, I'm my first thought is I want to play blue and Snapcaster Mage because a lot of these, if, if you know, the spells, I'm assuming, obviously also cost one or slightly more than one. So Snapcaster Mage seems to... I, I guess I'm just always looking for a way to play <laughs> Snapcaster Mage. But uh, that, and that just brings you to like the the blue-red Delver lists that have been kind of popping up here and there. And they, I know uh, there was one a couple weeks ago in the Star City Open, and then this past weekend there was another one that made, uh, made Top 8. And I really like the looks of this deck. It's uh, Kyle Zimmerman played blue-red Delver... And this one looked a little more controlly, um, but what attracts me to it? I mean, it's got it had druidic satchel in it, which is cool. Like it's you know you don't really kind of expect that out of an aggressive deck, I guess. It's just two copies, but the interaction you have ponder already to set up your delvers, and then they can also set up your satchels, and so like that's awesome. And then it's got the snapcaster mage brimstone volley interaction. Um, you're playing. A bunch of creatures, so Brimstone Volley feels like a good fit there because you don't have to rely on killing their creatures. You can have your own die or or whatever. But uh, and then Satchel, of course, produces creatures too for the Brimstone Volley. And then uh, he has he splashes for Ancient Grudge in the sideboard. I like that. Um, I just really like the looks of this list. It's it's kind of it to me. It it's almost looks like a control deck that can be aggressive. But I guess it's more like an aggressive deck that can be controlling. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, same difference, I guess. But I, I really like that. Um, Joe, what did you? I know we mentioned this last week. Did you? You didn't want to uh, to go in that direction. You want to stick with mono red. Yeah. Any reason? Is it just a consistency thing, or just you just want to be all all Stub- out aggro? Stubborn. Stubborn. You just want to be stubborn. Okay. <laughs> so Eric, what what have you been playing in standard? Have you been? Uh, playing much oh boy i no, i have not played standard since uh i was attacking with sort of feast and famine (laughs) wow so how did you turn it into a creature where is it like march of the machine yeah 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 (laughs) there was there was a brawl bro there was a small bird attached okay fair enough or unfair enough as the case may be Yeah, you know, I was um, I was down in Roanoke for the Innistrad pre-release, and I was talking to Evan Irwin, and I was like, you know, the uh, 
it's weird. The the more that your job involves magic, the less you get to play. And he uh, he completely agreed. Yeah. So you know, I'm just going to these events, and uh, it's more than likely that I'm going to be working them and not playing at them. Yeah, I I know exactly what you mean because the last Star City Open Series I played in was Philadelphia in 2010 in like May 2010 I guess. So yeah, yeah it's like I've been to a bunch of them. I'm always talking and not ever playing. Um, so I, I know what you mean. Um, what are what are your thoughts on Standard? Do you have like any? I mean, I guess you've been following it somewhat, just not playing it yourself. Yeah, I mean, I like to keep up with it just because you know all my friends are involved with. You know the current metagame, so I like to discuss it with them. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I think if I played standard right now, I would probably be on like I don't know, like the blue red Delver deck does look like a lot of fun. Yeah, like for me, I was thinking, what would I play if I was going to play at the Invitational? And um, I've been on blue black control since Innistrad came out, and I have never really switched, even though. I'm really tempted to play Grixis because I want to play Desperate Ravings really bad. I, I just – it looks like such a good card, but I'm like, do I – it seems pointless to splash red just for Desperate Ravings. Then suddenly like, well, that's yeah, – if I'm stretching my mana base, I'm just playing Grixis. So now I want to play Livia, who also seems awesome. So I'm kind of like uh, – if I were – I guess if I wanted to go in with a deck that I was already comfortable with, I'd stick with blue-black control. Um, and and the version that I'm running, I realize like after me just messing with it little by little, it it somehow ends up looking a lot like the list that uh, that Neiman won the GP with early in the season. And then uh, and I know Pat Cox actually posted a list that was similar as well. So like the the lists that can really take advantage of Snapcaster Mage and you know cheap cards like Ring Flesh uh, to flashback and things like that. Um, but yeah, like I, I still feel like that deck is is a contender, even though it's not really showing up too much in, uh, you know, at the top tables. I, I think I'd still end up playing it because it's a deck I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Desperate Ravings actually uh, is a card that I haven't played with, and I know it's starting to see more and more play. I think especially since Chapin has been uh, talking it up in his articles and. Uh, I think his quote that he said in multiple places, I think including on this podcast when I interviewed him at Worlds, was that one day we're all going to remember how we always thought Desperate Ravings was good. Um, so <laughs> he uh, – but yeah, so that card, I, I, I want to get some experience playing with it. But uh, some of the guys on the Brewport Avenue podcast, uh, Jason Clark and Noyan, uh, both of them have – talk to me a little bit about Desperate Ravings because they've been playing with it and they were saying how it it's one of those cards where you almost want to take the name of the card and say I'm not doing this unless I'm desperate like the name actually feels like the the way to play the card is you don't play it when you just feel like drawing cards it's mm-hmm. only when you need something and um and that you should really be playing it when uh, in a deck that doesn't have so many bombs and is more like a consistent deck and has, you know, a lot of kind of, uh, I guess, just consistency or redundancy. Because if you are just, you know, you have like one Worm Coil Engine and two Grave Titans or something in your deck as your big bombs, 
and you are digging for one and you discard it, now you really have to dig again for the, you know, second or third threat, like, or win condition, really. So, um, that's why I think it looks really good in those, in that blue-red Delver list that Kyle Zimmerman played with, because that deck has a lot more, uh, kind of redundancy with damage sources, even though they're a lot smaller. Um, but speaking of, of Grixis decks, though, uh, another, one of those top-aided as well, um, forgot the guy's name already, anybody, anybody have that in front of them? I, um, I can pull it up in a second, but... Um, Timothy Jansen. That's it. Okay, yeah. And he was playing Grixis, but he played... Um, he had the, the Soren's Vengeance in the deck so that he could uh, he could not only cast it or recast it again with Flashback with Snapcaster Mage, but also two copies of uh, Chandra the Firebrand to copy it. So living the uh living the dream it's it's i haven't really thought about something so like that yeah it's it's it reminds me so much of cruel ultimatum like it was the car you looked at it and went yeah that's ridiculous no way anybody's ever going to cast these cards these ultimatums <laughs> you know like when you first saw them but uh same thing with soren's vengeance you're like huh yeah seven cost <clears throat> whatever you know that's not happening but yeah uh Here's another Grixis control deck playing seven cost win condition or spell based or or sorcery speed win conditions. Um, I'm hoping like hell they don't exciting. get seven mana. Yeah, I guess that's your your entire goal is uh, keep them off of seven. Yeah, uh, keep, probably just keep them off of like four or five. Um, so yeah, those those are the decks I'd be thinking about. But um, another thing I I kind of found interesting, I saw it on Twitter yesterday, was uh, Osip was talking to Chapin on Twitter, and he said that uh, you could argue that blue-based control decks right now are the worst they've ever been, which is interesting, because I, I certainly don't see it that way. What do you guys think about that? Um, I'm not sure. I can't, like, agree or disagree with that statement. I don't feel like I have enough information. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it was just a Twitter thing that, that I saw and I thought was interesting. Eric, did you have any uh, opinions on that at all? I mean, yeah, not really. I, I really just think that the aggro decks have an edge in this format, so I kind of disregard the uh, the control decks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Uh, so you you're just not you don't think? Are, are you saying like you don't think control decks are good right now? You're you're agreeing with it, or you just think it's more like? You know, the format shifts so fast, it's kind of that, – that's kind of the way I look at it. The format is shifting so quickly right now that you can't really say they're the worst they've ever been because next weekend they could be completely different. I mean, I don't know if they're the, the worst they've ever been. They're certainly uh, pretty bad compared to last format. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um they're just there's so many one drops in this format. I mean, not just mono red, but just everywhere. Yeah, I mean, illusions and uh, has has their one drops and two drops. Their quick curve and then uh, doom traveler and you know I'm just trying to think of all the different one drops. But yeah, you're right. It's definitely a a one drop format. I wonder if there was a card that could just counter one drops for free if people should be playing it. Well, that's what yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> clever. <laughs> yeah, why aren't people playing Mental Misstep? Um, it actually 
I'm I'm not I wasn't thinking about this beforehand, but right now as we're talking, it's kind of like yeah, it seems like it should be seeing more play than it is. Oh, you were talking. See, I was actually thinking you were referring to Gutshot, which everyone is playing. Oh, right, right, right. Well, I was saying something that could counter a one drop for free. That was what I was uh, saying because Gutshot does nothing to a Delver of Secrets when it's an insectile aberration. Sure, um, sure. But then I guess if you had the 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 mental misstep was a gut shot and they were able to cast it, then right. yeah, that yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, anyway, it does seem like a lot of one drops and one casting cost spells, even gut shot. Like what if why why not play? Alright, so I'm playing Delver or I'm playing uh even Snapcaster Mages or anything like one of these more aggressive decks. Like say I'm playing this blue red Delver list. Mental misstep seems kind of good here because people are gonna be playing gut shots to to fight my uh, my Delver of Secrets, and so now I can misstep their their gut shot, uh, or, or you know whatever. Um, it just seems like I'm surprised it's not seeing more play. Or yeah, I think maybe it will. I think mental misstep is just a lot more reactive than gut shot, and a lot of people that's like their go to for the main deck, and then they're siding misstep. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, I I can definitely see gut shot as the first. Uh, yeah, as, as t- taking priority over misstep because most of those one drops are uh, are one toughness. At least at some point, they're one toughness, and lo- as long as uh, you have the gut shot at the right time, you should be okay. But that same thing again applies to mental misstep. You need to have it at the right time. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's an it's an interesting format, and going into this weekend. Uh, I kind of expect I'm, – I'm kind of think that we might see more kind of rogue strategies. Even in St. Louis, there were some interesting lists that – like I saw a mono blue Delver list on camera. Um, you know, that's not something you see very often. And apparently Jerry and uh, – yeah, Jerry Thompson and Michael Jacob were playing like four-color control lists. So people are, are still trying uh, to do – different things and that's the kind of crazy thing right now with this standard is that usually by now it's solved but it doesn't seem that way this this time around yeah i mean people are gonna brew uh i don't know if uh if it's the time for four color control decks but uh yeah i mean people are gonna brew no matter what which is nice It, it keeps things interesting yeah, I think it just seems like there's more and more brewing, or there's just more and more uh, archetypes, I feel like, that are doing well. I, I think the the description that I've seen is that it's we're kind of in a Tier 2 uh, format right now, where there's no best deck, there's a whole bunch of good decks. Um, and, and that's true. Like, a, a few months ago, you could say the best deck was Callblade. I mean head and shoulders there was no <laughs> right no question and uh and right now it's really hard to say what's the best deck unless you just want to say the best deck this weekend is this and the deck you know the best deck next weekend is something else you know i know the in nashville in the beginning of october the best deck was wolf run and it was probably the best deck for like two weeks and then you know people started fighting it and it's you know loses its uh its grasp um so yeah, I mean that's that's standard. What did you guys uh, uh any predictions for um for who who might win the invitational? Joe Joe is not allowed to uh, say himself. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have a prediction. I abstain. You abstain. I'll be, 
I'll be rooting for Jerry. Yeah. To Jerry to do it again. Uh, well, he, he he made the uh, player of the year last year. Or did he – wait a minute. Last last year he was – no, Alex was, was player of the year. I'm getting right. mixed up with who won the Invitational and who was player of the year. Yeah, uh, Pat Cox won the Invitational last year – or this year. Yeah, that was in, in, in – yeah, in June, right. But right. I was thinking last year like the, the player of the year was, was Alex, right? Yeah. Uh, and then – but Jerry won the Invitational back in December last year, I think, with with Valakut. Mm-hmm. So if he shows up with uh, with Wolf Run, it's just like it's just going to be a repeat of last year. That that's no fun. Hopefully, I just, not. I just want to finish in the money. <laughs> yeah, thirty second place is five hundred dollars. Like, I just want to show up and win five hundred bucks. If I win any more money than five hundred bucks, I'll be very happy. If I don't win any money, it'll be. You'll be, be a little more accurate. You play magic all day. <laughs> I am. I'm going to play all day Saturday too, regardless of uh, my record. So sorry, tiebreaker people. Just because planeswalker points. Yeah, I'm going to get them points. Uh, so yeah. So Eric, when you're at these events, like what? Uh, how's that usually work? Like I know you set up your table and you show you lay out like a bunch of samples. Um, how many like? How many commissions do you typically get out of out of the day, and are you able to actually finish them on the weekend, or do do you set a lot up for uh, kind of just mail? You know, yeah, I, you'll send them in the mail. I take about twenty to twenty five cards over the weekend. Okay, and uh, each card takes me minimum four hours, so there's there's no way I'm finishing everything on the weekend. Right. I finish a few, you know, so that people can see me working, and you know, we can chat. Um, but yeah, the majority I'm taking home with me and then mailing out later. And it works really well. You know, I finish the work within one to two weeks after the event and, you know, everybody goes home happy. So obviously this is, this is like your full-time gig, right? Yep. That's awesome. How, uh, how much do you work like every day? Is, do you try to just stick to like a 40 hour work week thing or do you just kind of do it when you feel like it or, or what? Uh, yeah, no, I probably work more like 12 hours a day. Yeah. Okay. And uh, probably like six days a week, so it, it's a bit of a grind, but you know I love it. So, uh, you know, I feel really fortunate that I'm able to make a living doing this right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it probably doesn't feel so bad when it's something that you actually love doing, and you're you're at home, right? Right. And you get to watch a lot of Netflix. I think I've seen you yeah, 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 <laughs> tweeting. Yeah. Anything? Uh, what have you been watching recently? Um, I just finished the. Uh, the Doctor Who reboot. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I highly recommend that. That was really good. So do I. <laughs> um, but I guess it, it, that's not even coming back until uh, like 2013 or something. What? Don't say that. Yeah, really. It's uh, it's on a hiatus or something. Real? No. Yeah. <laughs> that's like sincerely upsetting to me. Like I just actually got a um, – 11th Doctor action figure with Stetson, because Stetsons are cool, um, <laughs> and hanging up above my Dalek action figure next to my Dalek poster, because I'm nice. not a nerd. <laughs> I can't um, get into the Doctor Who. Like, I like some of it, but I, I think it's too it's too cheesy for me. It's like they haven't got the technology over there or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, like, what happened was... I did a few Doctor Who alters, and people just kept on kind of, like, nudging me, like, oh, have you watched Doctor Who? And I, I kept on, you know, like, shamefully hanging my head. 
Right. Yeah, because I, I came over and I'm like, oh my god! Like I was like flipping out over one of the Doctor Who altars, I think. Yeah. So like, you just kind of have to like stick with it. I would say that by the last season, it seemed like their budget increased like times four. What season number is that? Do you know? Um, six. Season six. Okay. six. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, the show five when I came to you. Yeah. Yeah. Joe gave me season five on DVD and then it showed up on Netflix like right after I opened it. (laughs) I was like, well, I can watch it in HD now on my TV. (laughs) Yeah. Like season five and season six, uh, just like the, the increased budget makes the show a lot better in my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean like I, I, like I had seen like some doctor who stuff and I was like, this is corny. And then when I saw season five, I was like, Hey, like this is, this like doesn't look like some crappy sci-fi channel show anymore. Like right. I don't know. Like that's what it always looked like to me was like some sci-fi channel show with like a low budget. Um, but this one, I feel like starting with season five, um, and it doesn't hurt that like Matt Smith is brilliant. Like, but um, yeah, agreed. <laughs> but it feels like they've uh, you know really stepped up their game, and I think it's really good. Um, if I had to suggest something to you to watch on Netflix, um. There's a wrestling documentary called Card Subject to Change. It's about the independent wrestling scene. Um, and it's a really awesome documentary, whether or not you're a wrestling fan. It's a really good documentary, and it's a really uh, you know, unique look into the world of like independent wrestling. Yeah, cool. Um, I will definitely check that out. Card Subject to Change. And then there's Pearl Jam 20, which has showed up on Netflix recently. Yes. I, I just watched that. It was awesome. Um, but uh, I guess we can talk about some more Magic the Gathering. Yeah, maybe. Sounds good. So I, I know I said you know we wouldn't probably not talk about modern, but I actually was just kind of curious what your opinion of modern is, Eric, since uh, since that's not something we've talked about before since you have not been on the show before. Sure. So what do you think of the format or kind of just any opinions on modern in general? Um, I think that – Wizards needs to do more to support the format. Um, or like a lot of people have said, it's going to become another extended. What do you mean? Like right at this point, obviously uh, we're, we're going into a PTQ season. What more do you suggest that they do? Like they've, they've made it the, the format of the last two pro tours, at least, you know, the a format right. during worlds. But um, so what, uh, what kind of things are you, are you looking for? Just, I mean, I think if if it's not like a, a GP, at least a few GPs mm-hmm. next year, um, you know, after the PTQ season, because, uh, you know, Extended had a PTQ season and people cared about it during that season. But, uh, you know, it never had like another Pro Tour or a GP and people just didn't care. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I think Modern is, is in a similar situation. Uh, because, you know, like when Modern came out, people were really, really enthusiastic about it. Uh-huh. And then after the Pro Tour, it, it kind of died down in the buzz and people kind of felt bad because the format was broken. Um, but, you know, they fixed it with the bannings. It seems like it's a lot healthier now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think if if Wizards provides tournaments where a lot of people, you know, not just the pros can play it. Mm-hmm. The, then uh, it'll do well. Yeah, it seems like I, I get the impression that they're going to be pushing modern and uh, and sculpting the band list kind of a lot in this first, I would say, first 
you know, two years even. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. December 20th is, uh, you know, the next band list announcement, which is two weeks from today. It's Tuesday, December 20th, of course. For those of you listening, it's like a week and a half. Um, but anyway, the uh, so, you know, some of the talk is does Punishing Fire get banned? Uh, does Wild Nacatl get banned? Or maybe nothing get banned? Uh, I think those are the top top contenders. Somehow breaking up the Punishing Grove combo, which is fine with me. I think kind of I'm fine with any combination of, of those. Like nothing one or the other. Like uh, th- none of that bothers me. Did you uh, – had you been – thinking at all about that, about, like, Wild Nakatl. I think that's the most controversial one. I would not want to see Nakatl banned. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Punishing Fire would be a great, you know, a great cut just because the, the format seems really, really slow. You know, the games are very grindy where you, you're just, uh, you know, you're pinging your opponent one at a time. Yeah, it I mean, seems, with, it, with Punishing Fire, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, se- it seems like a lot of the games are uh, kind of, like, degenerate degenerating down to that right okay um yeah so i would like to see it go yeah i mean that seems fine to me the the thing with uh with nakatl i guess i the fact that you said the format is slow i think it's just the the punishing fire interactions are slow between decks that aren't nakatl decks like at least that's the impression i get like the nakatl decks aren't slow um I guess yeah. maybe they run into each other and and kind of uh, it becomes like an attrition kind of thing, right? But, right. So I can see how how that would actually end up. But uh, and, I mean, you're blood breeding into Lilianas and making them sack their creatures. <laughs> and but yeah, like I'm I'm really excited about modern myself, as I've mentioned before on the show. But uh, I do want to see more support like so the ptq format and i think they're going to probably have some gps especially given the number of gps that we have next year it only makes sense that uh that some of them will be modern because that's a format they seem to want to push i think aaron Forsyth said that modern eight extended so i don't expect there to be extended gps um so i i would think modern would just take any any sort of Like, if there was going to be an extended one, they're probably just going to say, let's just make it modern. Um, What's that, Joe? I think there are already modern GPs, like, scheduled. Yeah, actually, I think there are some early events on the schedule. I I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I didn't commit it to memory yet because 2012 seems so far away, even though it's, like, (laughs) three weeks away, I guess. Um, Yeah. I kind of am like, that's oh, next year. I don't need to look at the calendar for that yet. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a schedule out um, for some of the some of the GPs. Um, I was going to say one of uh, one of the GPs is in, in our backyard too. Yes, which is nice. there's, there's a GP in Baltimore, or at least they say it's in Baltimore. They may move it to DC and actually be in Chantilly, Virginia, which is what happened last time. <laughs> I've actually uh, I've spoken with the organizer, and I am. Pretty sure it's going to be at the Baltimore Convention Center. Awesome. Is that uh, Laurel from Dream Wizards? Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, the nice thing is I think I'm you know, 90% for uh, having a table at that event too. Awesome. Which is going to be really sweet. Definitely sounds good to me. Like I, I specifically requested not to be on any SCG Live events that weekend because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted – I was like I have to go to GP Baltimore. Um, so I'm not scheduled for the – there is an event that weekend. It's not really uh, – 
I don't think I, I can't remember where it is, but there is an event, and I specifically requested not to be on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that there, is that that's standard. I think it is okay. So that's cool, and it'll be uh, it's it's the end of February, so it'll be just a couple weeks into the uh, the, the what the Dark Ascension format. Right. That'll be cool. When's the Invitational in Baltimore? Um, I think it's at the end of March. I can pull that up real quick too. Uh, yeah, end of March in Baltimore, March twenty third and twenty twenty third through the twenty fifth. So that's the first Star City Invitational next year. Uh, and hopefully you'll be qualified for that one too, Joe. Back to back months. (laughs) I guess all I have to do to qualify for that one is not die. Right. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of (laughs) awesome. Yeah. I like my chances. Don't pass away. (laughs) Right. So, um, so speaking of the invitational again, we have a whole other format. Joe, what are you playing in legacy? (sighs) God, I don't know. You asked me. For uh, I, I think I want to play Reanimator, but I don't know. Like I'm just like I'm like. Well, I kind of want to just play Merfolk because I'm like being stubborn about Mono Red. I'm like I might as well be stubborn about Merfolk too. But then like, if I don't do that, or if I um, if I do do that, then I'm just going to lose to Reanimator, which won't be fun because. So I'd rather just play Reanimator. But then there are there are actually a bunch of cool decks. So here's the thing. I have no freaking clue what I'm playing in Legacy yet. Um, I'm going to look at stuff all week. I'm going to evaluate what I think is good, what I think I can play. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just play whatever seems best. I'll let you know, obviously, (laughs) before you leave so you have time to pack the the reanimator deck. Right. I am, in fact, playing it. Um, But uh, I don't know. Like I haven't paid that much attention to Legacy lately. Well, and um, Delver of Secrets is kind of just taking over. It seems like. Yeah, it does. It it won. Uh, Andrew Shrout playing uh, blue red Delver won the event uh, playing against Milton Figueroa, who is piloting Reanimator. Reanimator showing up a lot more recently too. I think, um, and I, I say recently, I mean like since uh, Missteps been banned, and even before that, it was starting to pop up, but. Um, the legacy top eight of St. Louis, there were eight different archetypes. So, uh, I thought that was really cool. Blue red Delver was in first place. Um, there was another Delver deck. It was, uh, it's listed as rug tempo, but it's pretty much the same kind of thing, except it's got green there, but, uh, still different archetype, uh, reanimator, blue, white stone blade, uh, bug or team America, whatever you want to call it. Um, merfolk, Bant Stone Blade and Green White Stone Blade. So it's interesting. Three different decks, uh, basically three different Stoneforge Mystic decks, kind of uh, popping up there. But I thought that was cool. And another thing that's notable is all this talk about banning Brainstorm. There were two decks in the top eight that didn't don't play Brainstorm at all, and only uh, and like a third of the of the top sixteen did not play brainstorms. Like I think five out of the 16 decks didn't play any brainstorms. So, you know, it's not as if it's ubiquitous. And again, we have a, a top eight. That's pretty much, I mean, it's eight different archetypes. I, I know that you could make the argument that they're all kind of offshoots of each other, all the stone blade lists, but I really don't, again, I just don't see a problem with the format. I don't see anything wrong with, 
with it. I think it, it looks very healthy to me. There's a stacks deck in here, a Belcher deck, an aggro loam deck. This is in the top 16. Like this, this looks like a healthy format to me. Um, Eric, did you have any uh, thoughts on the, the brainstorm and legacy thing? I don't know. How big in the legacy have you been? Um, not huge. I think the uh, the last time I was talking about legacy, I was in um, whenever SCG visited Baltimore last. So just past October? Yeah, this past October. And uh, that was right when uh, Snapcaster was breaking out of the scene. And um, I do think that Brainstorm needs to go. Yeah. Um, you know, if not right now in the foreseeable future. Um, but, I mean, other than that, uh, you know, misstep getting out of the format um, – makes things a lot healthier and i think that's kind of what you're seeing is you know misstep being away and opening up a lot of archetypes right um but uh brainstorm just makes so many decks so much more consistent with uh you know fetch lands right and uh i think it's just kind of a crutch that a lot of the decks are leaning on right now yeah I mean, I don't know if, if you listened to our last episode, but it's like this brainstorm to me is the reason I want to play Legacy. Like that, when I think of Legacy, that's the card that pops into my head um, because that's what I want to be playing. Um, and it's it would I feel like it would just kind of take a lot of the wind out of the format because where do you go to play brainstorm? Like where where can you go to play four brainstorms if not Legacy? Well, Legacy is the only place, obviously, right now, unless you're just playing casual you know or vintage whatever. well vintage is it's it's uh oh i guess it's restricted, it's, it's restricted yeah. yeah so i mean you don't really get to get to play with brainstorm it feels like you know very often i guess um, well i mean if you want to brainstorm you can still you know countertop and legacy and uh it's like a brainstorm light yeah <laughs> i i think uh but i think we're playing legacy because we want to brainstorm unlight yeah <laughs> sure Sure. I started playing brainstorm. I, I, I started playing Legacy when uh, when I could brainstorm light with a four mana planeswalker in standard. So I was like, I want to brainstorm for real now with a one mana instant. Um, but I, I guess I'm not sh- like yeah, it makes a lot of decks consistent. I don't see that like that doesn't seem like a problem to me. Um, w- at least it's not a problem. It's not showing up. Uh, or you know it, these results, obviously, yeah. There's more decks with brainstorm than without, but I don't think that's. I think there's more decks with island than without, or you know, with blue mana sources. I think blue is a popular color, and that doesn't mean it, you know. I'm sure some of it has to do with brainstorm. I'm sure if brainstorm were banned, I'd still be playing blue. And that, yeah, I, I guess, what I'm saying is is are is the fact that blue shows up in the top sixteen more often than any other color. How much is that to do with brainstorm, and how much is it to do with the fact that people just like to play blue? And I, I guess I'm not—I'm not convinced that there's any problem at all with uh, with having a card like brainstorm that makes decks consistent. I don't think that that's an issue, uh, especially when you can see that there's all these different kinds of decks, and not even—you know—so there's blue decks that don't play brainstorm, and then there's non-blue decks in the in the top 16 as well. So I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not convinced that that brainstorm needs to go, but I'm a little bit worried the more more people talk about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm not out to uh, to ruin anyone's format, and I don't play a lot of legacy, so it's not a 
not a huge deal for me. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, I understand. Um, apparently 277 players showed up in St. Louis, which is actually a pretty high number for Legacy. Um, and Drew Levin commented on Twitter, it's 277 players. Brainstorm is really destroying this format. You know, with a little bit of uh, sarcasm there. Actually, a whole lot of sarcasm in the entire tweet. Uh, <laughs> so, um, as far as, like, legacy goes, I think what I would end up playing if I were playing an invita- Invitational, I might play Reanimator. It is, I, I like, uh, yeah, I think I'd probably play Reanimator, or I'd play one of these Delver lists. I think it looks like a lot of fun, and it looks like a, cons- a consistent deck. Um... Another topic that we haven't really touched on, and I don't want to get too deep into the into it, but uh, but I did want to mention this because it's just kind of a thought that I was having was, um, you know, the whole organized play changes thing. We're not going right. to get too deep into it. I think really what right right now the primary problem that I think everybody can agree on is the poor planning and communication from Wizards, where they kind of said, "Hey, we're changing things. Here's." kind of a rough idea of what we're kind of doing, but we don't know the rest, and we'll tell you later. Like, that just obviously seems like a bad idea, and I don't know how that even happened with all those intelligent people at Wizards, how it could have ended up, you know, end up becoming what it's become. So I think that was the the actual mistake. But until we really know and have a clear picture of what the actual situation will be, I'm going to withhold judgment um, one of the things, though, that they have announced as uh, as a change is that Worlds now is sixteen. It's only sixteen players, and it's invite only, and it happens at Gen Con, which is like in the summer. Um, so, and, and again, this I don't know that I like that. But here's something that I was thinking about. I was listening to Top Eight Magic, but it was something that they said they were talking about this. The uh, the fact that it's like an invite system, and um, Mike said that. Uh, it, should it be like these 16 players plus all the Hall of Famers qualified and how cool an event that would be? And I was just kind of thinking, shouldn't shouldn't the world champion be like a name we know? I, I, I know that sounds – maybe that sounds weird, but Joe, do you know who, do you know who won Worlds in 2007 when we were there? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> right. Do you, know I, who, I, do you know who came in second? Chapin. Yes. <laughs> but it, uh, I feel like – do you know who won Worlds this year, Joe? Dr. Dre, Ed Lover. <laughs> it was uh, it's Junior, Junior Iannaga. Iannaga, right. Like, sure. uh, the, the guy who won Worlds in 2007 is Uri Peleg. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you recognize the name, but you recognize it from him winning Worlds and not really from anything else. And that's how I – uh, you know, this is, these are just two examples. I, I, I'd never heard Ianaga's name before. He apparently was on the Japanese national team in 2005, and he won Grand Prix uh, Kita Kyushu in 2007. I may be pronouncing that wrong. Here's, he was here's 64th in Kyoto in 2009. Go ahead. What were you going to say? If you want a Worlds with names you recognize, mm-hmm. <laughs> watch Nationals. <laughs> What do you mean? I'm just saying, like... Oh, well, because, because uh, like, you... Like, you, that's not Jerry Thompson. I don't know that name. <laughs> I can't even pronounce that. No, I'm just kidding. I, I understand. You're right. There's, that's part of it. But, I mean, like... I'm, right. sure that Uri, I'm sure that Yuri and uh, the other 
guy are like well known where they're from. You know what I mean? I'm sure that those guys are like top dog in their hood. You know? Right. Well, I, that's. I mean, I'm sure pe- people probably know them a lot more. But like, I'm looking at like looking at from what I could find on them. Uh, this was all I could find. Early Uri was fourth in Israeli Nats 2005. That's all I found. Um, and that's, I mean, that's so good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like. Uh, this is the world champion, and if you want to say like this guy won world championships, like who? That I feel like. All right, so here, here's an example. The Browns. I mean, if the Browns got a wild card spot, right, and no, no. then they won the Super Bowl, people would be going, "Who?" Like, no, 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 would no. Be like, "What team is that?" They don't even have anything on their helmet. <laughs> who the hell is that? Uh, like, if you want to make a football analogy, or, or, this or, is or, like this is like the the Stevenson. Broncos winning the Super Bowl and people are like, what? Who? That's not even – is that a team? You know, that's what I mean. Like I've never heard that name before. If uh, In this case, I'm just the trying Stevenson to – Stevenson Broncos? <laughs> right, exactly. I'm sorry. They're, they're called the Mustangs actually now that I think about it. <laughs> the Stevenson Mustangs. Stevenson Mustangs win the Super Bowl. Like who? Because like I'm sure in Stevenson, they're top dog, you know, like <laughs> – <laughs> to apply your analogy, uh, this is the world champion. So here's my what I was going to say was like Samuel uh, Estrati won Pro Tour Philadelphia, and what, I'd never seen that name before. But that's a Pro Tour, you know, like he won a Pro Tour. If he if he showed up at Worlds and won Worlds, it'd be like okay, cool, I know that name. He's just won, he won a Pro Tour. Like that's why that's where you get to know these guys, you know, these, a, these names, these guys' names for them to win Worlds. They just have to make worlds. You know what I mean? Like all you have to do is qualify. Like I could win the Invitational this weekend, potentially. People are going to go, who? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> who is Joe Panuska looking at the list, the deck lists? You know, but like I'm in that. All I got to do is be qualified for that tournament to have a shot. You know, and that's the beauty of worlds. And that's kind of why the 16-person worlds tournament is such a problem because – you know, like it doesn't give a guy like whoever the hell that guy was you just said won Pro Tour Philadelphia. It doesn't give a guy like that a chance to win Worlds because he's not one of the 16. I mean, like that's like such a small number. I don't know. Like um, like the beauty of, of our game or the beauty of our game as it once existed is that anyone can do it. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. anyone – can can qualify for an event if they work hard, they spend the time. Anyone can qualify, and then they can do something like win worlds, even though nobody's heard your name. You don't need to hear of my name for me to play magic better than you. You know what I mean? Like like that is their that is the opportunity for these people to get their name heard, and f- to give only sixteen people that opportunity at worlds next year, I think is a big mistake personally. And I, I mean, I know we haven't talked about this much on the show, but um. I think that it's I think it's a shame honestly that like that they're taking so many opportunities away from so many people. Um I, I want to hear what Eric has to say. I have a lot to say still, but I want to hear what Eric has to sure. say about any of this. Uh well, I mean, I don't have a a whole lot, but I mean, I'm kind of uh like-minded with Thanks. you, Joey, in but that uh we're supposed to be talking on this show. You don't have a lot sure. to say. You sound like me with doing, talking about modern last week. No, I'm kidding. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have anything to say. Well, then why did we invite you on the show, jerk? You know what? <laughs> You're going to lose the invitational. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think you needed to get to get loud for that to be true. I'm going to be burning your mattress <laughs> and booing you the entire weekend. 
<laughs> just just stand behind me and start naming my cards in my hand out loud. These are all good ideas. <laughs> just stand well, behind him and just go boo the entire entire day. <laughs> just follow him around booing him into the bathroom. Boo. <laughs> I mean, so getting back to uh, yeah. to worlds, uh, I'm kind of res- reserving judgment until uh, we see what else Wizards adds. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, if they end up adding, like, another Pro Tour next year, um, I would be fine with the changes. I mean, right. I still kind of mourn the, the loss of worlds. I think that's kind of the bigger issue for me and a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, it's not that there's a huge problem with this 16-player tournament. Um, it's just that we don't have Worlds anymore. Yeah, I, I don't mean to make it sound like I'm actually agreeing with it. It was just a uh, kind of a bright side to it or, a, or something that I was thinking about because I honestly think that it's the World Championships and I feel like we should know the characters in the storyline. You know what I mean? Like, you, Sure. That, that's yeah. how I feel like. And kind of getting back to that, like, I mean, here's who qualifies for the 16-player uh, championship or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's the 2011 World Champion, mm-hmm. the 2011 uh, Magic Online Champion, mm-hmm. uh, winners of three Pro Tours that year. Right. And then here's the problem. The top-ranked player from each Geo region. Um, yeah. And I, and I feel like a lot of those players are going to be people that you don't recognize. Yeah. And then you also have the top ranked players in the worldwide Planeswalker points. Right. Which is going to be a lot of people you don't recognize. Yeah, they actually now that I think about it, they, it seems like it well, theoretically it should be an improvement, but it's probably not going to be. It's going to be the same kind of thing where you're going to know like a few of the guys and then there's going to be people that we, we have no idea who they are. Right. I mean, we were, uh, we were talking uh, this past weekend, um, out at dinner that, you know, is this just going to be like, uh, just pros against the grinders. And, uh, you know, it's going to be like one of the, the easier tournaments of the year. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's weird. It's such a weird thing. I got, because I'm, I'm not going to say that you know the the people that are grinding or the uh, the top ranked players in the geo regions are bad at magic, but um, they may not be on the same level as the pros that are you know consistently winning these pro tours or you know uh, winning the uh, magic online championship. Yeah, it's tough. It's it's tough. It's tough to sculpt a you know you you assume that you know when it's 16 players and it's going to be these top ranked people, you're going to go oh well it's you know, people we know because that's why they're top ranked because they are constantly, you know, doing well at, at events and it's, it could turn out to be not that at all. And that's, uh, I, I think I just want worlds to be a story and I want us to know the characters, you know, going in. I, I keep saying characters because that's how I'm, I view something like worlds where, you know, it, it's people that you know, it's faces you know, and, it's people that you root for, you know, like I root for Chapin in every event he plays because, you know, and I have for years, you know, because he plays the kind of decks that I like to play. And I'm like, this guy plays the same kind of decks that I like to play. And I root for, for this guy to win. And it's just like when he lost at worlds in 2007, I was like, you know, very disappointed. And it wasn't like, Oh, well he lost to Nasif, 
who, you know, showed up with the same deck and he's another name and like, oh, well, you know, I may have been pulling for one or the other, but awesome Nasif one. But no, that's not what happened either. It was just some guy I'd never heard of. It, it, it's such a, I guess for the, for the average fan of Magic who has interest in these events, I think it's a lot more of an interesting storyline or an interesting event if if it's named people in the in the events or named people win the events and i don't i don't know that like you said i don't know that uh that it's actually an improvement so oh well again we're just going to have to see it's so unclear right now and i kind of wish they hadn't put this all out kind of without uh you know without having it planned out ahead of time yeah, I mean, people people have to make plans for these sort of things. You know, people have to book plane tickets and stuff. And, like, I don't know. I, I It seems like it's not worth it to some people to, like, to... Well, they don't even know if it's worth it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like, the they, if, they don't, if they don't know it's worth it, how can they prepare? I know they want people to just continue doing this, but, like, <clears throat> I think maybe the thing that they weren't factoring in was that... You know, if it's not worth it, people aren't going to just continue pumping money into plane tickets and stuff to show up to their events. Right. Oh, well, I guess we'll see, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, uh, yeah, I think um, uh, I don't have anything else. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about? I have a mouthful of M&Ms. Okay. How about you, Eric? I don't I don't need to know what you have a mouthful of, but did you have anything else? <laughs> anything Easy else? Easy now. This is a PG show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay. um, I do want to say something, though. Okay. I know I've said it before, but – and I know I said I recorded it, and now I'm re-recording it, and I haven't re-recorded it yet. But I'm actually starting a wrestling podcast, like, real soon. Like, in the next week, I'm recording it for sure, and I'm going to post it. Um, it's called The No Cell Zone, and I'm the host. It's my show. I make the rules. And – um and it'll be awesome. So if you like wrestling, uh, you can follow me at the No Cell Zone on Twitter. Got it. Yes. All right. Upcoming events. There's only one event you need to care about. The StarCityGames.com Invitational this weekend in Charlotte. It starts December 9th, Friday, with uh, with Grinders. And then um, Saturday and Sunday are the Invitational events themselves. Of course, there is an open event as well so you don't have to be qualified you don't have to even grind into the invitational you can just play magic all weekend anyway in the uh, in the open series the standard on saturday legacy on sunday there's draft opens on sunday uh so obviously no reason to miss this because there's plenty of magic to be played and um plenty of altars to have done by eric klug yeah so uh come on down to charlotte and uh and check that out if you can um Eric, plug your site. Um, sure. Uh, go to klugalters.blogspot.com, or um, you can also find me now on Facebook um, at klugalters. Awesome. And we will link those in the show notes, of course. Uh, I guess that's everything. We yep. are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. <laughs> <laughs>